Welcome to the podcast. I'm Carly Marie. And I'm Jonna Kingsford. And together we are the Million Dollar Mamas. We are two mamas doing our work in the world, becoming icons and building empires. In 2021, we will both reach our million dollar years. And this podcast is us documenting that journey. We invite you to join us, learn from us, love with us. And if you feel called, become a million dollar mama right alongside us. This episode is about leaps of faith. This one was requested. I asked in my group, if Dana and I were to talk about things, what would you want us to talk about? And they said something about when you're going to make a big move, those moves that feel kind of scary and that take a whole bunch of self-belief or, you know, willingness to make a big jump. I think it's a really cool thing to talk about. So let's Me too. I'm excited because it's one of these things that I rant about, like, people will message and they're like, I'm just going to go think about it. And I'm just like, bye, probably never see you again. Because <laughs> they're thinking about it, right? So you're just like, you're not going to be in that magic anymore. But yeah, I love talking about this. I mean, we've made, both of us have made such bold moves with the investing in ourselves where it didn't make sense. So I'm excited to pass some of that stuff on. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just before this, before we started recording, we were talking about the moment when I decided you, you were the first like mentor, paid mentor or coach of any kind that I ever worked with. And I remember the moment of hitting go on that and sending you the message going, okay, tell me, tell me the details, you know, because you would you did a live stream and you're like, I'm doing this thing. And I remember watching it and going, just feeling called and just going, I don't know how much this is. I don't know what this even entails. I just know that my heart is racing and I feel a little bit sick. <laughs> but I also feel really, really alive. And then messaging you and you're going, this is the package, it's six months, it's this commitment, it's this much a month. And at the time I was on a single parent pension, I think, or maybe I'd just moved in with Darren and maybe given my pension up. But I remember it being kind of scary at the time. And I hit go on it anyway. And three and a half years later, we're still working together and I have built something quite magical. <laughs> So I know that feeling and it was like $550 a month or something at the time. Now it's like, you know, that's not a lot to me now, but at the time it was a lot of money. It's, it's like what 50,000 is to me now. And Mm. like, you know, it wasn't nothing. And there's been a bunch of times like that. And I know, you know, you work with a coach who's a substantial investment every month. And we've both had a few of those moments. So maybe let's talk that through. Maybe you could share some of your moments that you've had where you've been like, holy shiz balls all right are we doing this i think we're doing this you know and and maybe yeah through your mind or your body in that moment well i think it's good thing to both of us kind of look at our energy before signing up is on every single time that i've invested in in a mentor and gone above and beyond my edge is i've felt sick i've had a lot of butterflies i've felt panic I felt like a rising energy, like, (gasps) and it felt like ridiculous, crazy, stupid. Oh, yeah, I just made a sale. And it does not make sense, no sense. And for any regular person walking along, walking along at the grocery store, any person that you see would never make such a decision. I can just tell, like, you would look at them and they're all just, like, making their decisions and it's like, this makes sense on no Scheme. I could buy a luxury car for this mm. in cash, mm-hmm. <laughs> full, 
or buy coaching with a with a thing with a with a coach and it's like that's an extraordinary amount of money however like let's I'll talk about that soon like the thought pattern about it but that's what it feels like for me when I sign up and also when I upgrade because with my coach she doesn't grandfather you in so it is what it is when and it's like <gasps> uh and yes yeah, it's, it's like it was huge when I first invested over a year ago and now it's like and then it became by the end it was like this is easy I'm just like and then for the second was like, <gasps> for the second time I'm like oh my gosh sick sick why did I message why am I doing this what am I doing and then I jump and I pay before I think about it because as soon as I go to like just let me go think about it I'll just like do 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 that's a ridiculous amount of money. I definitely should not be spending that. That does not make any sense. I don't feel, I feel sick. I got butterflies. I, I think it might be fear. Should it, is this not right? Those are all the things. So I just do it before I'm thinking. I'm just like, I feel the call. I feel the call. I'm going to message. And then I, damn it. Why did I message? And I was, now I'm in, now I'm in. And then I just pay before I think about it any longer. And I put it on the line. And the other two times that I've worked with coaches, I've, you know, made, you know, over five figure investments. I pretty much had no savings left. I had nothing left, really. Even with a multiple six-figure business, it was a big investment. And so, yeah. So every time I felt sick, butterflies, scared, pee my pants kind of scared. Mm. And it's always worked out good in the end. But I've always made I've always made and set an intention. So let's put a pin in that, the intention that I set and then also the rationale that I have. I'll put a pin in that and I'll say that later, but that's how I feel when I'm signing up. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah, I get it. A lot of the time I do try and rationalize it and tell myself, okay, what if this doesn't work out? What happens? Because I think when we get stuck in what if, it's easy just to stay in what if land. But whenever Mm -hmm. I'm asking myself what if, I'm like, okay, what if, what if? Will I end up on the street? Unlikely. Will I get some epic lessons out of this? Because when I look back at the things I've invested in, and I'm not going to sit here all rainbows and lollipops and go, it's always, it's all, it always works out perfectly. Like it does, but not the way that I planned it, not the way that I saw it. There have been things I've invested thousands of dollars in that I've been like, I did not actually get the value that I signed up to get out of that. But what I did get was a newfound respect for the kind of level of excellence that I'm delivering and lessons about how I do and don't want to do things and I guess a bit more I don't know clarity around the kinds of things I want to be investing in I remember I invested 5k in working with a PR person once and she achieved really very little for me it just didn't really work out and I was it was easy for me to get bitter about that but what it did do was it fired me up to go I am so much better at doing this for myself than paying this other person to do it for me. And so what I did then was I went on this mission of being my own PR agent in which I learned so much. I achieved so much cool stuff that then I launched a course called Reach, which is about standing where the people can see you, basically being your own PR person. And that course made me well in excess of what I spent on this PR person. So when I look back and I start going, you know, well, what if that didn't work out? Well, some things didn't but I always got something well in excess of the value. So now I've installed a belief in my mind that it always pays off. It always, always pays off many, many, many times over, but often not in the way that I expect it to. So now mm. when I get in my head in those moments of my body says yes, because usually I'm in wild mode, right? For those familiar with my book, 
we may, we feel called to do that stuff when we're, when we're in, wild, in wild mode. And I've reached a point of my life where I trust my inner wild woman. She will not lead me astray because she's like, my soul is at the wheel. Like fear is becomes, it's almost like the sound of the fear gets turned down a bit and the sound of my soul goes up. So when you're really used to operating from fear and not much from soul, it can feel like they're about, suddenly they're both at around the same volume. So it can feel really confusing. But I've gotten pretty good now at trusting my soul and knowing that it will never lead me astray. It'll lead me somewhere I never bloody expected, but it will not lead me astray. So I guess that's where I've gotten to in those moments of like feeling that in my body and trusting it and knowing that rationalizing a decision which isn't rational because I'm not here to create like reasonable results. (laughs) I'm not here to do rational things. (laughs) Like I'm here to change the game. So you don't really change the game by being really particularly rational um, or reasonable. You get there by being a bit rebellious and a bit rogue and making moves. If you want results that no, no one else is getting, you sort of find yourself doing things no one else is doing, right? 100%. It's like the ridiculousness, like, you can't think yourself into doing ridiculous things. You only can feel yourself into doing ridiculous things. The reason we get ridiculous results is we make ridiculous moves. And the trick is, the challenge is, okay, I just made a ridiculous move. Now my trick, the challenge is raising my whole energy and my whole self up to meet that move I just made, like raise myself to the occasion. So the the way that I you know, invest and, you know, I've been in the coaching industry for over seven years. So there is investments that I've made that have been completely been exactly not what I thought and crap, to be honest. And so I've invested the way that I invest now is it's irrelevant who I'm investing in. I'm the one that creates my own experience Mm -hmm. and I always put it on me and it wouldn't matter what the container was. I would come away with something for myself. So it would be irrelevant. So I've really healed a lot of that through those things. And most of those times, with those times I've invested, there's two ways I could have done it and the investment didn't work out and it wasn't of value to me. There's two ways it could have worked out. The one way would have been I could have blamed them. And the second way could, is the way that I did it is like I meta learned. I learned it as like, here's not what to do. Here's how I don't want to run things. Here's how this is what it feels like to be on the receiving end of that and doesn't feel good. And so for me, what I've really realized is They've always enhanced my coaching ability by doing things that didn't really work out. But then I came back to uh, this this position of most of the time, you know full well when you invest in that person, you know the way that they do things and you're very aware of it, but you still invest it. So it's like you chose. And I realized some people will do that. They'll choose a coach to like, do it for me, help me. Figure, help me figure this out. Do this for me. Whereas you've got to really be, when you invest, you're using it as a, uh, it's a symbolism for me. It's like, I'm putting a bet on me, not you. I'm putting mm. a bet on me. Like when you invest in me, you're putting a bet on you, not me. It's mm. like, you're that, like it gives you something to not ethereal. It's not an ethereal upgrade. It's a real investment and it's in on yourself. So when you invest, in a coach, you're investing in yourself, not the coach. That's the way that I do it now. So when I invest in Melanie as my coach, it's irrelevant who she is and what she is and what she's about. She's I I could just not even show up to any of the things. I could do none of the things. And it's still an investment of me betting on myself. I'm just using that container as 
the point at which I do the investment. So that's the way that I do it. And when I signed up to a Melanie, that was a very Melanie and Leah, I'm pretty sure most people know her. Uh, when I did that, it was a really big move for me, but it was the most intentional upgrade that I've, because I'd been through different ones before, different coaching containers where it hadn't worked out. And this time I was like, you know what? It's, I'm not investing in her, I'm investing in me. Mm-hmm. And this is the money I'm willing to put on myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when it just like switched it around and I jumped in. And for the first six months, my income did not move. It was exactly the same. And I was like, all rattled and discombobulated. And I was like, raise the occasion, raise the occasion, raise the occasion. Great. I'm going to be the only one that this does not work for. I'm still the same. I'm still at the same results. And then I just like kept at it, you know? So the intention that you invest in is everything. And it's like having that, it's like a conduit for your betting on yourself, you know? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. We're using coaching as an example because it's obviously, for me, it's probably the biggest expense in my business. And, but I think a similar conversation could be had around putting on a staff member or, you know, investing in some kind of consultant. I know, you know, I worked with a publishing consultant to launch my first book and get in front of a lot of people and really resonated what you were saying. Because when I decided to work with this person, he basically guarantees a sort of a huge degree of book sales. Like he'll get it in front of a lot of people and a lot of people will buy it and he gets the kind of book sales that will get you on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, which is where I got. I got to number two. And I remember going, okay, Carly, you are not buying a spot on a bestseller list here. You're buying support to get your book in front of people because being on a list means nothing if no one actually reads past the first page. Like the book actually has to be good or else this is a waste of time. And it's the same with investing in a coach, right? It's like you, you, they're not going to get the results for you. You're going to get the results you've got a, you're not buying results. Like I wasn't buying a spot on a list. I was buying exposure. I wanted people to actually read the book and they do. And then therefore, you know, it was the same this morning. I'm like, there are thousands of little me's out there all around the world. Like my book, you know, floating around the world, changing lives. It's not just me anymore, right? Like my books, my courses, my videos, you know what it's like, right? We've got all these things we've made that are out there in the world as little mini versions of us creating this energetic grid as you kind of describe it, which I love. So, you know, there are other things that that people putting on a staff member are huge, right? But I guess to help people to decide whether it's right for them to do that now, what would you say to those people who are in that moment of going, is now the time? Because I think that comes up a lot when someone inquires about coaching with me or, you know, getting me to help them with their book. They're like, I'm just not sure if it's the right time. I know I'm going to work with you. I know I'm going to do this but is now the time. I think that comes up for a lot of people. And I'm not sure with those kind of big things we ever feel actually ready. We just kind of fold, right? Right. I I mean, you were just like, there was nothing in you that this was the right time when you signed up to work. I don't think there is a right time. The right time is when you just message them to ask. Mm. Like you feel called, go now. Like, there is no right time. Oh, I've got this on, this on, this on. Well, your business, it's like, it's kind of like this analogy that I've been talking about lately because there's a lot of people that are like, I need a break. I'm like, you're not even started. What are you talking about? You're creating a cafe. You just built a cafe. You don't get a break. Go get some staff that can take over while you go and have a break. But right now you don't have any staff. They're coming for their coffee at 6 a.m. They don't care you need a break. Go get a job. If you need a break and you need four weeks of holiday a year, go get a job because mm. that's where it is. 
and get the job where you have the two days off a week on every weekend and you don't need to think about your job. You just created a cafe where they're coming for coffee at 6 a.m. My clients don't care. If I need a break, if I need a month off, they're like, they're still coming for coffee at 6 a.m. Where's my juice? I need my juice. <laughs> so that's like I've been talking to clients like that are on the up and coming. I'm like, I kind of need a break. I'm like, dude, literally, you just created a cafe. They're coming at 6 a.m. So get sort your stuff. And if you do need a break, go for it. Oh, my God, I just got another. And then <laughs> I'm just like, whoa. Uh, and then when I don't even know what she just bought. What did she just buy? I don't even like, what do I have that's 1,111? <laughs> That happens I don't know what, sometimes too. I'm like, like, what is that price? I don't know what that chick just bought. But yay. <laughs> what did she yeah. get? I don't know oh, what's happening. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so it's like the same thing with staff. It's you're creating, you've got a cafe, you have this cafe. Everyone's coming at 6 a.m. for the freaking juice and their coffee. They don't care that you need a break. Get a job. If you need a break, get a job because you get breaks. They're scheduled. Nobody cares that you don't come in on a Saturday when you're not scheduled to go in. Like nobody cares. But whereas a business, you're creating a business. It's a cafe. It doesn't close. It doesn't close. Uh, so the way that I see that is like build in those structures. And that's the way that I've framed myself around having staff now is I created a cafe that I want to have days off, mm. but I want still somebody there serving the juice, giving the energy, giving the juice when I'm having my days off where it wasn't like that before. And they're coming at 6 a.m. for the... Like they're coming for their coffee. And I'm like, I ain't here. The coffee shop's closed. And it's like, we don't care. We need caffeine. So that's what I did with bringing in the staff. I don't know if that's related. I just wanted to tell the cafe story because I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of the vibe, you know, with having staff. Yeah. When you're yeah. doing stuff for me, it felt like when I knew that I was the bottleneck, you know, like if you're going to close the cafe because you want to take a day off, that's fine to have a day off, but like you're obviously going to bottleneck the results the cafe can create. Right. So that's what it feels like for me is like when I'm the bottleneck in my business, that's when I know it's time to bring in staff. And every time it has felt like a stretch, it has felt like a pinch at every, you know, at every income level there, we start, we're investing at new levels. We're doing more stuff. And I think it's easy to look at in terms of, you know, the leaps of faith that maybe you want to take to anyone who's listening. It's easy to look at someone who's a bit further down the road and go, oh, but she has all this stuff. She has staff. She has coaches. She has professional photo shoots or whatever she's got access to because she's at a particular income level. I didn't always have access to all of that. I learned how to take my own photos I did every bit of admin in my business myself, but I built in stuff when I knew I was slowing myself down. That's when I would bring in a person and they would always be a contract. Only now is, is it actually becoming staff before it's always been contractors. So it's been like whatever hours I need them, they work and that's all I pay for. And that's always kind of worked. And I do it with the intention that, that they come in, they free up bottlenecks and then more money gets to come in. So I feel like I'm kind of opening up more channels for money to come in because my customer service is better. As you said, like someone's there to respond to messages if you're not or whatever. There's some, mm. there's some big, bold moves that you're going to be asked to make. Like it takes, I, I said the other day, it, I feel like it used to take commitment to build a business. Now I think it takes courage. It's not just about the little engine that could and putting one foot in front of the other anymore. I think that to stand out, you've got to make some courageous moves. You're going to make some big, bold, badass moves. And I'm reading Elon Musk's book at the moment. 
And this guy had like a scary childhood in South Africa, right? The reason why he's the richest man in the world, I believe, is because he's super smart. There's a whole bunch of reasons. He's very passionate. Is he the richest? Oh, my God. I didn't know that. um, A YouTube video I watched the other day said that he was, but I don't know how up to date that was. Like it might have changed. But he was like, this YouTube video I watched was amazing. I'll send it to you. You'll love it. I'll put it in the show notes because everyone's going to be like, what's the YouTube video? Anyway, like hundreds of billions or something, right? Like unbelievable. And I believe he got there because he's not afraid of risk. Like he used to catch a train alone across South Africa in a really dangerous time, like as a teenager. So therefore the risk of going, I'm going to put $100 million into this company and hope it works, right? And give everything I've got to making it work. But knowing that it mightn't, like he's not afraid of that risk. He's like, I'll bounce back. I'll be okay. So I think that taking risks is kind of a part of it. If you really want to, that's a, his book is great. If you really want to <laughs> learn about risk taking and being really brave and being truly badass. Oh, I love it. I think the risk is a huge thing. So I was talking to Tani the other day and we had this really cool conversation at like 1am in the morning when I was like, she comes in sometimes basically for a coaching session and I can just tell that she just basically is like, okay. And we just naturally start to talk and like, obviously this is just naturally who I am. And she'll come, she came in and I said, you know what? She asked me a question and it was around my business and, and about, you know, like I have staff now I have you guys like, like I have staff and there's a lot of people that rely on me now. And I said, and I was talking about success and failure. And I said, I remember when we used to live in a car and it was easier than running a close to a million dollar business. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, failure and having nothing is easier than having everything. And she's like, "Uh, this makes no sense. I'm like, okay, I'll give you an example. Rich people, wealthy people, they are employing the employees, but they are holding, they've got like 50 families you are now responsible for. People that have 50 staff are responsible for 50 families. They're responsible for paying their car loans. They're responsible for paying their houses. They're responsible for feeding them. They're responsible to giving them accommodation. When you're broke, you ain't helping any family. You're only helping yourself. You're feeding your own self. You are of no value to anybody else. You are feeding yourself. All you care about is feeding your own self and your own family. You do not care about creating a business that employs 50 families. And the risk is huge. The pressure is bigger. The pressure is more. So I said, you think of a wealthy person. You think of all the the people that everybody hates. And they're employing hundreds of families. Mm. They're employing hundreds of people that are supporting hundreds of families. But they're just like, oh, the rich CEO or whatever, the rich owner of that company. Oh, he's got a private jet. He gets a private jet. Because he has the pressure of 50 million families relying on him. You know what I mean? Like that's the difference. (laughs) He shouldn't also have to line up at a baggage claim. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He gets to have this. Like give him a break. He's supporting hundreds of families right now. But no, they look at him and they hate him. But Mm. they're the ones, he's feeding them. I don't get it. But also when she's like, yeah, yeah. So when we lived in a car, I was of no help, no value to anybody but us. I didn't care about anybody. I didn't employ people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I said, being poor is the most selfish thing. That's what I said. I said, being poor. And this is like intense, intense, intense. I know, right? (laughs) 
But that's what I said to it. Like, this is a conversation that I had. I said, when I was poor, I was selfish. I was only really thinking about me and myself and us. I wasn't employing another family. I wasn't employing, I wasn't helping. And she's like, yeah, because your fa- like your business actually helps other people. So I feel like I've gone on a rant with that. But yeah, that's, so just dropped that ball into the whole situation. But there, I said, like, that's how I felt. When I was poor, I really was not helping anybody but me. And now being wealthy and on the precipice of a million dollars, uh, I employ and I help. Like, I go and support, like, I buy all this stuff I uh, support family like I I have I, I have staff and I'm supporting family and then like they're kids and then they're theirs and they're like and then I'm helping actually people directly in my business but that's the shift that I've noticed from going from poor to rich is now when I'm rich I'm a value to more people hmm. so that's, <laughs> oh, that's an interesting conversation <laughs> Kelly's like let's cut that out <laughs> I'm over here, as I often do with Jana, I'm over here having a heart attack going, oh, Jesus, okay. Um, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. You were, you, were in, <laughs> you, were in, you were in survival mode, right? Like it didn't, it didn't feel good, but there was the pressure was just if you screwed up, it was just on you and Mark. You didn't even have kids at that point, right? Like if you screwed up, it was just you suffering the consequences of that. If you couldn't put food on the table it was just you and Mark's up in the consequences of that and and now yeah I get it like it feels like there's a whole it feels really beautiful to have other people invested in my dream I want to add that like to have coaches mentors staff members consultants all of these different things that I kind of invest in calling people in to be a part of it with me it feels really good it feels lovely there's some degree of you can choose to create pressure from that or you can choose to let it feel like support that you're investing in and it's been really helpful to me I have my partner has has run a company for a really long time a building company where he had you know turning over millions of dollars every year and having a whole lot of you know people's livelihood that was relying on him turning a profit so they could keep a job kind of thing and of course they were a part of creating the profit in the business but it feels really good to have that. But I want to note that I didn't have any of it for a long time. I did have a coach from the beginning, though. Now, you didn't. You have had periods. I've, I've not at any point really. I ran my resume writing business without a coach. But my teaching business, my teaching, coaching, all those things, business, I had you from day one. And so that's been really interesting for me. I've never gone without it. So therefore, investing in coaching and mentoring is an absolute no-brainer for me. I don't really question it too much anymore. It's like, how much is she? Have I got the money? Yes, let's go. You had periods of time where you didn't have a coach at all. So I want to know from you that particular investment, because I know for a lot of people it'll be the biggest investment they make. And it's probably the investment that most of the people around them will not understand. Because it's like, huh, why are you paying that woman thousands of dollars to do what? Talk to you for 20 minutes a week, huh? Like it does sound crazy. What's the difference been like for you? Not just in income, but in what has your experience in business been like between not having someone and having someone? Oh, I love this. Because I have like such a huge history of not having one. I would only have them sporadically twice. Sporadically, I had a coach. And that was like, a total of in six years, a total of like 13 weeks in six weeks. In six years, I had 13 weeks of coaching. Uh, a, it was ego because I always felt like I don't need, I can do it myself. That was the first thing. Like I don't need anybody's help because I had that very like ego, 
vibe. Uh, secondly, I wouldn't have been ready to receive. Uh, thirdly, I felt like it was the chicken or the egg. Like what comes, I need to earn more money to invest. And it kept on being like, I need to earn more money to invest. And then I'd invest and it'd be pretty much everything I had. And then, then I'd go back to like, I can't stretch myself any further than that. And then I just do it myself again. I'd always have these sparks of income and after doing it. And I'm like, duh, hashtag duh, that would have made sense to keep on going. And then I think also the combination of finding the right person. So when I found Mandalini, she's lived in a car before and was like, oh, so have I. So she's like, I'm like, oh, we have something in common. Windy. Like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, that's actually the thing. I was like, she gets it. If she can transform her money, she's got similar money beliefs because she's lived in a car. So have I. We've got something really in common. And so that's where I found like I found the right person for me. And so now I could never imagine myself not doing it with a coach. Like, I'm like, what was I thinking? No wonder I was stuck just at the same income level for six broken years. Uh, now I feel like the major thing is it's a giving and a receive thing. So I feel like since I've worked with Melanie, I've just like, where else can I give? What else can I do? What else can I, what else, where else can I serve? Where else can I give? Where I, I've got so much extra energy because I'm receiving. Like mm-hmm. on Tuesdays, I'm like in the boxer with Melanie asking all the questions. And I'm serving and I'm coaching all the clients on a Tuesday. So it's like I've got a better balance of giving and receiving now. And I'm not asking Mark for like coaching advice anymore. I don't need to go, okay, should I launch this course first? And he's just like, just do coaching. I'm just like, okay. And he would just say the same thing all the time. Like, don't launch courses, (laughs) just do coaching. I'm just like, ugh. But now now I'm asking her the business things. And so me and Mark can just chill, you know, like that's actually been good. So I don't see myself ever being able to do it without that coaching ever again because it's just funner doing it together. It just it gives it more energy, you know, and it feels like I can just go and release over there in that boxer and then I can go serve and I can serve from a really clean and clear place. And that's what it's been for me is like, and it's also like this is how much I believe in myself. That's That's been the biggest thing is like, the level that I invest is like, I believe like this is betting on me and I backed a good horse. I mean, when I, when I started working with Melanie, she was literally not the top earner. There's other, like there's other people, other coaches who were earning way more than her a month. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm betting on that horse, that one, that one. And then she ends up doing million dollar months. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you use the gambling analogy because that's what it can feel like. It can feel like, you know, and I'm not a gambling person, but it can feel like, I am putting this on the table and it may or may not, may not come back and it may come back 10 times over. It may just disappear. And I don't know the answer to that. And that feels like a gamble, right? It feels like a game of roulette, but the way I sort of describe it is like, yeah, but it's like a gamble where you're the one riding the horse. Like it's the only gamble where Mm. you actually have an effect on the outcome. Like you bet on a jockey. Yeah, you're the jockey, but you bet on a horse. You actually have no, there's there's no control over whether the horse wins or not. You play roulette, you've got no control where that ball lands. But you bet on you, that's the only bet you're ever going to make in the world where you can actually affect the outcome. So just come back to that, you know, are you willing to bet on you? And if in doubt, wait till you're in wild mode and then make the decision. If you're going to wait, just only ever wait until the next wild mode because any move, for those who have read my book, any move you want to make in wild mode is is the right move. Unless the move is like, you know, I want to strangle my husband, probably don't, don't do that. You might find your wild woman's a little bit stifled right now. But those ones where you're just like, I just feel cold, I can't explain it, 
it's always worked out. It's always worked out for me. We have to wind up. Yeah, <laughs> got another client. I love that. That was a really cool, I feel like that was so juicy. So come and say hi to us all over the socials and let us know what parts of that. Like if you see us posting this podcast, just go back to it and go find us on social media and just be like, I loved this bit. Because you know, that's the thing with podcasts. You can't hear in the moment what you're hearing, but we would love that. Yeah. 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 Great combo. Bye. Bye.